Well, the Pac-12 is uh, giving some mixed signals here, which isn't helping. But is it hurting? Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Lockdown Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights free and beloved Conference of Champions. If you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show. This show, which today is being uh, brought to you from the Spring Hill Suites outside of Zion National Park. My parents were in town over the weekend. We did some golfing, we did some dining, and we did a little bit of hiking on a Sunday morning. I'm here on Sunday night, so be back in the regular setup for tomorrow's show. But, um, you know, I continue to wonder if uh, George Klyavkov, the commissioner, hasn't been spending a lot of time time in vegas around the magician you know there are a bunch of them down there and i wonder if he hasn't talked to them about the art of deception and you know keeping a a trick up your sleeve so to speak that's what i continue to wonder and the man who some of you have dubbed and i'm frankly in this camp silent george because i haven't heard the guy talking it's been a couple months at this point and that's clearly a deliberate strategy on uh his part when I talk about mixed messaging coming from the Pac-12 or you know the latest development being this, that, and the other thing is I'm about to get to, I'm not talking about the conference front office here, right? The last round of media excerpts we heard all came at about the same time, which to me sounded like the Pac-12 media rights deal was imminent. President Robbins spoke. Mark Harlan, athletic director at Utah, spoke. Michael Crow, president of Arizona State, they all said stuff at the same time. Time. And it looked like the deal because that's what they were coming out and saying. Whereas before those schools, those programs hadn't said anything prior. And then they all came out. And so I thought, well, kind of looks like it might be around the corner. Well, now we have the latest development here. And President Robbins, who's a, a, a chatty fellow, which I don't mind personally, because it's at least giving us a, a brief peek behind the curtain. There might still be, you know, a blackout shade behind the curtain, but you know, maybe we can get a little bit of a look behind that, see some shadows or something like that. I don't know. Um, I'm just spitballing and gets getting stalkerish at this point. So I'll just kind of get to what he said here. Now, president Robbins went on the record with, this is not off the record stuff. It's not leaked audio. He went on the record with CBS sports, Dennis Dodd, a name I think we all are familiar with by now. And he had some interesting uh, tidbits, quotes, excerpts, whatever you want to call them. One of them, after previously, he said in the same interview a couple of weeks ago that he felt like the deal was in its final stages. Not felt like he said that, and he felt confident they were going to be able to get a deal worth more than the Big 12. He's now saying, quote, I have heard nothing to suggest a deal is imminent. Like, is this, is this the, the greatest misdirection play from the conference of all time? Maybe. I mean, it would have to be a galaxy brain-sized move at this point for this to all really work out, where you go from several people saying, 
we're in the final stages to a president going on the record saying, nope, haven't heard. Haven't, haven't heard anything. Don't know if the deal is imminent. Now, he, he, he made a comment in there as well, saying they're driving distance to Lubbock, which is where Texas Tech is. And then to fan those, he had a quote that said, there is no deal or agreement where if everything blows up, we've got some place to go. But clearly, he's got at least, at least half of an eye. You know, just kind of, just kind of peering, just kind of looking over. You know, cute girl walks into the bar and you, you just see her you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested. You know, I'm in a relationship right now that for all intents purposes is going pretty well. But, you know, if it went wrong over here, I might I might want to might want to get her phone number. You know, it that's kind of what he feels like. Right. And it's really just been him. Michael Crow hasn't been in that camp as much. And, you know, Utah hasn't. Colorado has been mostly uh, quiet, though. Their athletic director said a while back that. He didn't want to go back to the Big 12. They weren't going back to uh, the Big 12. But Arizona has been the most in, the most intriguing here. And it, it's honestly, at this point, just getting hard to figure out what in the world is going on. Now, he had a couple other interesting quotes that I thought I would uh, fill you in on. And look, I mean, at this point, though, he might change his mind in a week, in which case we'll react to it when he does. But the, the tone of the quote, at least, I wasn't there for the interview, obviously, I didn't give it, but uh, the tone of the quote was one of pretty solid confidence, it seemed, that the deal, whatever it is, and it's interesting that he made this comment, now that I think about it, because the, the, the quote said something to the effect of, yeah, all these concerns about the deal being mostly streaming are way over-exaggerated, there's going to be a streaming component, just like there was before with Pac-12 Network, essentially, which was supposed to be cable, but didn't really work out that way, and essentially was a streamer. And I think you'd be in a better position on Apple or Amazon there. But he said most of the games are going to be on linear television. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, great. That's what I'd like to have happen is, you know, 60% of the game linear television and 40% on streaming or somewhere in there to get that some semblance of that kind of balance. And he thinks most of the games will be on linear and that streaming heavy concerns are exaggerated. But then at, at the same time, he, he said the deal was in its final stages and we've gone from final stages to I've heard nothing to suggest a deal is imminent. And this goes back to what I started with at the beginning of today's show. I, I just continue to wonder. If George Klyovkov is not out there just playing five-dimensional chess, not even four, not three, five. I don't even know what the fifth dimension would be. But either this is going to be – the longer this goes on, the more I think something that, that I've said previously on the show is going to ring true. This is either going to be worse than we think or way better than we think. And I don't know how it could go on this long – and come down somewhere in between. That that's that seems to be a a difficult thing, at least for me. That's a difficult thing to wrap wrap my head around. And all and all these mixed signals and whatnot. I don't think they're doing the conference any favors. You know, it's in its final stages. It's not close. It's going to be great. It's not going to be good. It'll be streaming. There's not going to be that much streaming. Don't worry about it. But the flip flopping, like. I don't think that's 
great for the conference. But I do wonder one thing about it. And that one thing is not whether or not you've gotten your next order of built bars, because I assume you've done that already, right? I was on the golf course the other day at Sand Hollow in Utah, which is an awesome golf course, probably the most famous in the state, or at least one of them. And we made the turn. We didn't want to stop for food. We were on, a, as my grandfather would say, we were on a sh- and I needed something to get in the stomach. And that's where Built Bars came in because they are delicious. They're covering 100% real chocolate and 17 grams of protein, just four grams of sugar. They got a bunch of great flavors. If you didn't fill out your Built March Madness bracket, you missed an opportunity throughout the entire month of March to get a free box of Built or a 12-month subscription. But Go get your next order of Built Bars today. They are fantastic. They'll get you anywhere that you need to go food-wise. Four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein, covering 100% real chocolate with a bunch of great flavors. Go to Built.com or your local Walmart or Sam's Club. All right, so the the, the thing that I, I wonder about the uh, the mixed signals and the chaos and the misdirection and the uncertainty is, look, you're not helping the situation because the region of the conference don't know if it could be lower at this point in time until we had San Diego State, of course, national champions by the time you listen to this, question mark, fingers crossed. Um, it couldn't be that that much lower. And so I do wonder, like, is any of this actually hurting the negotiations? Is any of this actually going to have a material effect? Or is it just something that we do as fans and commentators in the offseason to pass the time, to stay interested, to follow stuff? Is that what it's going to end up being? I, I legitimately, I've always been honest with you all, and I always will. I'll tell you what I'm thinking and where I'm at. Honestly, don't know because I, I lean towards probably not because I don't know how you know what what Big Twelve fans and Pac Twelve fans and maybe some recruit potentially, but even they are not as tapped into the stuff as you think they are. Even if those people have a certain perception of the league and the media see it a certain way, but not the broadcasting media is that going to affect their negotiations does that affect the value of the conference now one one other thing that president robbins said in here that is notable is they're not timing the deal with 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 regards to the outcome of san diego state season right like that's not going to materially impact how valuable the league is it's not going to material impact materially impact they do end up adding san diego state which as you all probably know i think they should and probably will along with smu it's not going to really you know move the needle one way or the other what the valuation is of adding san diego state or whether or not conference or, or um or rather network tv folks or people at apple and or amazon see the league as if, if that makes sense so i i don't know that it's hurting a ton um by the way I'll, I'll i'll close with this before i get to a potential expansion team that's not likely at this point in time but is interesting anyway because i learned a few things <laughs> president robbins and man if if this happens i i i might i might take a three-month hiatus from from the sh- well, there'll be a season between now and then. 
he was basically asking the question in one of his quotes, you know, oh, what's the rush? You know, <laughs> just I'm cringing just thinking about this. He said, we've got 15 months before our next media deal or our current media deal expires. And I was just going, dude, no, please, please, no. 15 months? Like, no, no, no. So I, I think President Robin, like that quote to me indicates pretty clearly that the league office is not coordinating what he's saying here. He's just doing what he feels is prudent or in the best interests of the University of Arizona, which is his job as the president. It's not to, you know, run PR or anything for the Pac-12. But I saw that quote and I was like, man, you, you don't want this to go on into the summer. You don't want this to get, you don't want this to go on past the month of April. Why are you saying the 15 months mark? You can't be negotiating this 365 days from now. That that's when schools might get antsy. That's when schools might in a more legitimate fashion get antsy and say, "Boy, do we need to look at going elsewhere at this point in time?" Cuz I, I don't think they'll be there for that. So I, yeah. I I, I, I hope, I hope, I pray that it doesn't come to that, man. Uh, anyway. All right. I uh, got a question from Damien K, loyal listener of the show. Appreciate you, Damien. If you ever want a question answered on the show, you go to the YouTube comments, you drop one in there. I check them every day, you know, different times of the day. Sometimes it'll be morning, sometimes it'll be evening. Just depends on my, uh, my schedule and whatnot. And you can also go to Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or at locked or <laughs> at LO underscore pack 12, almost let it slip uh, DMS and mentions wide open, drop a question. So uh, Damien wanted to hear, I apologize. I don't have the resources to go full lawyer here, but uh, Spencer C. McLaughlin Esquire will say he's on vacation. He's still taking a nap at the top of the, uh, the hike that we took earlier today. Um, wants to know about Texas state. Now, the reason is something I mentioned with SMU is that just the very nature of their being in Texas, just the fact that that is a reality gives them inherent value for the league that other schools can't provide. And I think what Damien was asking about is, well, you know, what about a school like Texas State? You know, North Texas, UTSA, they're going to the American. Rice is also going to the American. Like, are any schools, like, is anybody really valuable in there? What about Texas State? Well, what about Texas State? For those of you who don't know, the Bobcats of Texas State are in the Sun Belt Conference, or the Fun Belt, as we like to call it, because they've got some really fun teams in there. Teams like Appalachian State. You might have heard of them. Coastal Carolina, again, pretty fun. Georgia Southern beat Nebraska this year. Former USC head coach Clay Helton. Sorry, Trojans fans, to bring that name up, but he's uh, he's coaching in the Sun Belt right now. South Alabama is in there. They were a good team this year. Troy was in there. They were the conference champions. They played against UTSA, actually, in what was that bowl game? I don't remember specifically, um, but they played in their uh, postseason efforts this year. Uh, there's also Marshall, a.k.a. team that beat Notre Dame. Uh, Old Dominion, they've been known to pull an upset or two of the uh, Hokies of Virginia Tech. 
uh, Southern Miss. Those are kind of the newish teams that have been added just within the last couple of years. There are a couple Pac-12 ties to Texas State even. Their former head coach, uh, Jake Spavadol, Spavadol, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. He was just hired as the offensive coordinator at Cal. He was in the same position in 2016 with Jared Goff, 2013 at Texas A&M with Johnny Menzel. He was the co-OC and quarterbacks coach. That's about where the upside ends. Now, I'm, I'm not saying this is impossible down the line, but there was something that I, uh, I, I found out about them that made me go, oh, okay, this, this is probably not an option at, at this point in time. Now, they're being in Texas could give them potential one day. But I think this is, you know, an even longer term play than, you know, the schools I mentioned on, what was that, Friday show? You know, the the Tulane's, the Rice's, the um, UTSA's, those sorts of schools of the world, Memphis, South Florida, I'd be super down. Um, and there, there are a couple of reasons why Texas State would be a, a super duper long-term play. Number one, their football results in the Sun Belt rival that of UNLV not been great uh they've got just one winning season since uh or one season above 500 one at 500 since joining division their last winning season came in 2014 so they've been struggling in the sun belt right so not just any school in the state of Texas would be a candidate for the Pac-12 just because they're there at least right now at least right now, like this is not a school that I think is on uh, the radar there in 15 to 20 years. If the conference, you know, survives past this upcoming media deal, which anyway, um, the conference survives past this upcoming media deal. If Texas State were to elevate their profile dramatically, eh, yeah, you never know. Lone Star State appeal is very real, but Texas State, the Bobcats just became a division one school in 2013 they were at the fcs level they made the jump to fbs so they're still in that transition phase and i do not anticipate them uh being able to to make those a contender quickly it would take a really really long time but it doesn't mean it's impossible at one point in time SMU was a long ways away from doing that at one point in time utsa was seemingly a long way away from doing that both could be on the Pac-12's radar now or within the next uh, five to ten years or so on uh, on the expansion front. Um, but, but, you know, their enrollment's around 40,000 students, so it's a decent size. They're an R2 institution. They're non-AAU. Their endowment's around $350 million, which is a little little bit low-ish. Uh, so they, they, they've, got, they've got a ways to go before they could potentially be a, an, an option there. But still, Damien, appreciate the question. Absolutely love it. I'll always look at schools, always talk about them. I've talked about New Mexico, Mexico State, Nevada, like anybody like that. I think this stuff is uh, is, is really, really fascinating because there, <laughs> there are a lot, a lot of schools in the, the country. And uh, one of those schools. One of those schools is... San Diego State University, who play tonight against the uh, Huskies of UConn, who are going for their third national championship in the last, uh, what, 12, 15 years or so? Yeah, it doesn't sound right, does it? But uh, very true. Shabazz Napier, Kemba Walker, Cardiac Kemba, remember them both. 
Now, I just want to close with this thought, uh, not just because I know that there are Aztec fans out there who listen to or watch the show. I'm rooting for San Diego State tonight. If you're a Pac-12 fan, I probably would be as well. Is it life-changing? No. Would it be really cool? Yes. Because if you were the conference that was adding the mid-major that finally broke through and won the national championship this century, wouldn't be bad. Would not be bad. And here's the other thing that I'll close with. If San Diego State, I mean, just them getting here, you can make this argument. But it becomes even more real if they beat UConn, who I do think are going to win and are playing a really high level of basketball right now. They're athletic. They've got shooting. They've got defense. They've got everything they've got, but or everything that they need. If San Diego State is capable of doing this in the Mountain West, and we don't know what they would have been that COVID year. They were a number one seed. You know, Maybe they get bounced in the Sweet 16. Maybe they lose to a 16 seed. Maybe they make a Final Four run. We don't know. But if they're capable of doing this on the national level, at the group of five level, mid-major in the Mountain West, what could they become with Power 5 money, Pac-12 recruiting, and the increased amount of resources that come with both of those things? Is it unreasonable to think that San Diego State could become the second best basketball school in the conference? I don't think. I've long said, oh, they'd easily be top three. First of all, the potential to be number one is ripe for the taking. I think Arizona and Tommy Lloyd are very good. I think Dana Altman is a really good coach, but this year he's going to have to prove whether or not he's lost his touch. So kind of leaves a void, doesn't it? No USC, no UCLA, nobody else in Southern California, Pac-12 basketball down. I mean, you add them and you give them more money. They'll be able to raise more money as well if they make the jump to uh, to the Power 5 level in the Pac-12. And you look at what they can do this year with Mountain West G5 money and resources, I'm telling you, man, there's no reason they couldn't become the best program in the Pac-12. Not a guarantee. Arizona's really good. There's some other promising ones potentially, but nobody else is in the national championship game. Pac-12 can't even do that. They have done what just seven Pac-12 teams have done since 1998, four of which were UCLA, and that's make the final four. Just saying. Food for thought on this Monday. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time when I'm back in my usual setup. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.